I see this fight being a 12-round decision for Sergey Kovalev. Same score as uh, last time, 116 to 111. You are stupid. Go and sit down. I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. Is it possible for us to get a light heavyweight championship fight that does not end in controversy of some form or another? Last time it was controversial scorecards, this time it's a controversial shot to the nuts. Oh, yeah, my, my prediction was not not good. Hell, I don't think anybody's prediction was good. I don't think anybody was expecting Ward to win this fight by knockout. I honestly think people who were putting Ward to win by knockout were just kind of being funny. Okay, I nobody saw... Andre Ward stopping Sergey Kovalev, but that's what he ended up doing in the eighth round on what looked like a body shot, and then when you go to the uh, the replay, you see, oh, that was just a little bit below the belt, usually where the genitalia is located on a human male, and ow, that's gonna drop a person, and the thing was, Tony Weeks immediately waved it off. I thought... Uh, when I saw the replay, and uh, I say the replay because when this fight was happening, I'm at work, and I kind of thought, oh, you know, I probably could have, you know, asked my boss, hey, can I come in an hour late so that I can watch the fight and then come to work, but it didn't work out that way, but either way, when I watched the replay, I thought, why why did you stop it? Why not, you know, a standing A counter or something, but no, nothing like that, so, uh, Tony Weeks getting some criticism. And yeah, Andre Ward is still the reigning light heavyweight championship of the world. He now holds uh, the Ring Magazine championship as well. So, what else is there to say? Oh, and he's also pound for pound number one, best in the world according to Ring Magazine. See, I, I kind of got conflicted feelings about this, and I, I feel bad for Kovalev because, you know, somebody who's been as dominant a champion as he has been for the past few years, you, you think that, oh, maybe they would give him the benefit of the doubt, you know, if he goes down, not just uh, instantly wave it off like that, but instead, uh, you know, give, give him a chance. I mean, why not? But, uh... Kathy Duva, Kovalev's promoter for main events, said that they are going to file a protest, but as soon as I saw that, I thought, that's not going to happen. Well, rather, not that it's not going to happen, but that's not going to do anything. That's not going to change anything. This uh, result is not going to be changed to a disqualification for Andre Ward. It's certainly not going to be changed to a no contest, unfortunately. Sucks as it is. It, it's just not going to happen. We How often do we hear about uh, protests that are going to be filed and nothing ever happens afterwards? It happened when Glenn Johnson knocked out Alan Green in the Super 6. Amir Khan said that he was going to launch an investigation after his fight with Lamont Peterson. Oscar De La Hoya did the same thing with his second fight against Shane Mosley. And absolutely nothing happened. So... You know, as much as I feel for Sergey Kovalev and for uh, Kathy Duva and all the members of his team, I just think, oh, you know what? It's not going to do anything. And even Duva herself has admitted 
probably not much is going to happen. So I think it's probably just a formality on her part as Kovalev's promoter. But regardless, nothing's going to happen. Unfortunately, what does need to happen is that both fighters need to move forward. I don't know what's next for Sergei Kovalev. Part of me instantly thought as soon as I uh, saw the news on Twitter that uh, he'd been knocked out, I thought, he's going to retire. He's 34 years old. He's probably made a, a very good chunk of change in uh, his career. If I recall correctly, his uh, career started in 2009. Shortly around, the, uh, or rather, around the same time that Andre Ward first won a world championship from Mikel Kessler. But I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he did not uh, fight after this or if he only had you know maybe one or two fights and then retired after that. Andre Ward, there are, there are talks of him fighting Anthony Joshua, which immediately shocked a lot of people. And I don't know, maybe this is my savant memory again, but as soon as I saw that, I thought, well, that's not so surprising at all. That That's not surprising at all. I remember reading an article uh, about Al Bernstein, and at least I think it was about Al Bernstein, and uh, one of the comments that Bernstein made was that Virgil Hunter mentioned during the fighter meetings one time that he saw Ward fighting for the heavyweight championship of the world one day and fighting Anthony Joshua I mean that's one way to do it but at the same time you just a lot of us probably thought with Ward's activity rate I mean let's be honest the past five years he's not been the most active fighter in fact, I think he's probably had only five fights in the past five years or something like that. But regardless, sometimes I get the feeling that Ward does not like boxing. Like, he acknowledges that it's something that he is good at, that he's probably great at even. But I'm just not, I'm not sure if he still has the same passion for it. I mean, then again, this is a guy who just knocked out the big bad monster of the light heavyweight division. And, uh, yeah, I, you can't do that if you're lacking passion, so who knows? Maybe I'm. Maybe this is another one of my glorious predictions. Yeah. Uh, but would a fight with Anthony Joshua be interesting? Oh, hell yeah. Any fight with Anthony Joshua, uh, in my opinion, would be interesting, even if it's the rematch with Vladimir Klitschko, which I don't think should happen, but regardless of the fact. That's, that's how I see it. Uh... If it does happen, the Ward versus Joshua fight, you know, it, it's a very interest, interesting story. You've got two uh, fighters, both Olympic gold medalists, Ward from 2004, Joshua from 2012, both uh, undefeated fighters. Joshua more of a bigger draw in the UK than Ward is in the US. Okay, l let's be very clear. I think that if this fight does take place it should actually happen in the uk be honest you cannot forget that fight atmosphere for klitschko versus joshua it was just unbelievable i mean holy crap who wouldn't want to fight in front of ninety thousand hardcore fight fans okay who wouldn't and let's not act like uh the uh the kovalev ward rematches were sold out because they weren't but regardless, if Ward uh, wants this shot at Joshua, he should go to the UK and fight him. Okay? That's the only way about it. Moving on, and uh, 
Gosh, I hope there aren't any other predictions I made on the last podcast that didn't immediately come back to bite me in the ass the day after I released said podcast. Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor. The closer we get to August 26th, the closer we realize, oh, maybe the fight's not taking place. Well, not to be cruel, but no shit, Sherlock. Yeah, that was last week, and that was not one of my better predictions because the day after I released that podcast, it was announced that Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather would be meeting in a 12-round boxing match on August 26th. And anybody who was listening to that podcast that day and immediately heard that news probably came to one conclusion about me. What a stupid bitch! (laughs) Yeah, that didn't do much for my credibility, saying that that fight wasn't going to happen, but nothing I can do about it now because it is happening, and since it is happening, that means I can talk about it, because I wasn't going to talk about it before because I thought the fight was just a bunch of fantasy and crap, and so did a lot of other intelligent people, but shows what we know, stupidity has prevailed. Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather for the Why the Hell Are You Watching This Championship of the World. Okay, well, the undercard is going to be boxing matches. Adrian Broner has said that he would like to be on the undercard as well, and he would like to fight some UFC fighter, I don't care. And remember, uh, Broner's got Al Heyman, so we won't see him until 2018 if he... uh, gets past his fight with uh, Mikey Garcia. Conor McGregor, a complete novice who has a professional boxing record of zero wins, zero losses, zero KOs, zero draws, will be making $100 million for this fight. I was talking to my dad about this on the phone, and... He, he he thought that there was a problem with the connection. He said, no, 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 how much again? I said, $100 million. And it's like, million. $100 million for a professional debut. Well, that's something that Connor can say he has over Floyd. He can, he can say, oh, I made $100 million in my professional boxing debut. How much did you make, Floyd? And they can continue their big dick measuring contest over that. But regardless, uh, here's what we also know. Both fighters will be tested by USADA for performance-enhancing drugs. Uh, The promotion is probably going to be not as epic as it could be. Like I said, they uh, don't have a lot of time to go between now and August 26th, so that means no multi-city promotional tour, which could hurt the promotion, possibly. Um... How do I feel about this? Well, I I imagine a lot of boxers are pissed off because you have a complete novice like Conor McGregor, who is not undefeated in mixed martial arts, coming over to uh, the UFC, or not the UFC, coming from the UFC into boxing, making his professional debut against the former uh, best fighter in the world, Floyd Mayweather. And I'm just thinking, okay, like $100 million isn't that little... A little extravagant. I mean, twenty million. I could possibly understand. Maybe, 
but uh I, I I don't know. I I I just don't know. I mean uh, Well, first of all, the, the thought that did, that did come to mind for me was, okay, we can stop this whole crap that's been going on for over 100 years of how boxing is a dying sport or a dead sport because you know a year after the UFC was bought for four billion dollars the their biggest moment is that Conor McGregor is coming into boxing okay think about that just, just think about that for a second and also okay if boxing is a dying slash dead sport how come it's the ufc guy the mixed martial artist who has to say oh no i'm going to go to into boxing i'm sorry where's the the stiff competition in the ufc and the mma where is it i don't know i mean i i, I know jack shit about ufc the only thing that i do know recently was that holly Holm scored uh a, a victory in her uh, last fight against uh well i don't know her name because i don't follow the sport i just knew that holly Holm won by this uh cool kick and uh yeah good for her will i be watching the fight that's a very very good question the answer is no because i have to be working that night and i think that i would rather be making money instead of wasting money like so many people are probably going to do in this fight uh see on one hand i can kind of understand the appeal that some people might have like oh floyd mayweather's coming back but let's be honest when's the last time you talked about a floyd mayweather fight with a great appreciation for what you saw when was the last time you said, oh my god, do you remember that time when Floyd was fighting so-and-so and, like, this happened? The only time I can really remember that is maybe the, the Diego Corrales fight. That's about it. I'm just being honest. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are saying, "Oh, Andrew, why are you being why are you being such a dick? Why are you being so mean?" I mean, this is this is going to be great business for the sport. No, this is this is not going to be. It's going to be great business for the fighters and for the promoters. Great business for the sport will be if this creates new fans. This will be great business if it creates new fans who want to stick around and say, "Hey, like I want to see this fighter again." But I don't think it's going to do, uh, I don't think this is going to be a great, uh, spectacular fight. I think this is going to be a blowout for Floyd Mayweather. There is footage of Conor McGregor sparring a former welterweight titleist, uh, Chris Van Heerden, who held or holds the IBO welterweight title. There is footage of them sparring online. Conor is getting humiliated. It is a bit embarrassing. Okay, and all these people saying that, oh, Connor's got a chance. No, he does not. He is going to be humiliated. But he's going to be making $100 million. So I don't know why. I don't know why he's going to be bothered by that. I mean, I, if, if it were me, and I, I, I can kind of understand why he's doing it. If, if, if I was offered this fight and they said, oh, we're going to pay you $100 million. I'd quit my job right now and go into training, but I'm realistic. 
and I'm not a delusional Irishman either. But um, yeah, watch this footage of McGregor sparring Chris Van Heerden. You almost feel a bit bad for him because you think, oh my God, if this is you against some semi-unknown welterweight titleist, then how are you going to do against a guy who's been undefeated for the past 20 years? What chance do you possibly think you can have? Uh, unless you get incredibly frustrated and try to put him in a chokehold. I don't know. But I just don't see anything happening. Connor doesn't have a chance. He really has no chance. And if there is a possibility that I do get this uh, night off of work, I think I'm just going to... Uh, Go to the sports bar, get a good meal, get some really good booze, because I live in Canada, our our alcohol is superior, and yeah, maybe maybe get drunk and enjoy the fight, because that's the only way I might be able to enjoy this fight, is if I am freaking wasted. That's usually how the Irish enjoy most of their fights, and national holidays, birthday parties, etc., but regardless... I just can't see myself getting incredibly excited about this, but I will be covering it as we get closer and closer to the fight. And if you want to shell out the money, that's fine. If you want to save some money and stream it, by all means, I will say, well, you know, make sure you don't do that for any good fights that are supporting actual boxing or <laughs> actual boxers. But, uh, that's all I have to say about this. How about we do a movie review? The whole point of this sport is hit and not get hit. Don't take no unnecessary punishment. It's how long you can last and, you know, how smart you can be in this game. You don't need to be angry to fight. Boxing to me is a tactical game. Everything I do is based off logic. It's can I be smarter and manning up when it needs to be done? But there's so many variables in boxing that there's really no such thing as a right thing to do, just a bunch of wrongs. To express myself is, is through a fight. I watch for your mistakes, try to beat you to the punch. There's no formula to winning. It's a window I'm looking for. That window closes in one second. Counterpunch is a new documentary that recently debuted on Netflix. It shines the spotlight on three individual boxers, both inside and outside the professional ranks. One is Peter Kid Chocolate Quillen, who held the WBO middleweight title. The other is Christopher Colbert, also known as Little B-Hop. And the third is Cam F. Awesome, a longtime amateur who is trying to qualify for the 2016 Rio Games. Now, obviously, this takes place before then. So if you followed uh, the Olympic boxing closely, you kind of know how the story ends to a degree. But this was a really good documentary that I really enjoyed. I thought that, okay, this is going to be one of those other dime a dozen documentaries you see following a boxer or some boxers around, but I really wanted to watch this again as soon as it was done. 
which doesn't happen very often. Sometimes I'll want to revisit a documentary months, months or even years after seeing it, but this one I really enjoyed because it talks about some things that I, I, I want to explain to other people about boxing, the problems that it has, like the whole belt system and how some fighters will give up a belt, and thankfully it does discuss that. Mainly because Peter Quillen did give up his WBO championship. And it does ask the important question, like, why did you do that? Why, if you work so hard for a championship belt, why would you give it up? And they have great interviews with fighters that the, the, the spotlight isn't on them, but you get their perspective. You get the perspective of Sugar Ray Leonard. You get the perspective of Oscar De La Hoya, Bernard Hopkins, Paul Malinaji, all these sports writers. It's, it's a really good piece. And like I said, if you, you do get the contrasting opinions. It's not just one-sided. Peter Quillen gives his explanation as to why he gave up his belt, because he said that he wanted to spend time with his family, but then you cut to Cameron Duncan, who represents Matt Korobov. That's uh, one of his fighters who Quillen was supposed to fight. And Duncan gives his explanation for why it actually didn't happen. Wasn't becoming a champion what boxers dream about? What could possibly compel someone to give up their championship title they fought so hard for? I'd like to thank Al Heyman. Thank you, Al Heyman. Al Heyman. Al Heyman. Al Heyman didn't want him to fight the fight. He didn't want him to fight my guy Korobov. So what he did was he just paid the guy not to fight, literally paid him not to fight, and promised him another fight if he didn't fight this fight. I was worried that as soon as that happened, the rest of the narrative would uh, turn into some sort of Al Heyman bashing documentary and I thought oh you know I, I I don't want to uh see that right now I I don't think Al Heyman is particularly great for boxing but uh it, it didn't do that they talk a little about Al Heyman how he's kind of the opposite of Don King how he's just operating behind the scenes does not do interviews there aren't many photos of him but it's not like it turns into some sort of investigation piece to show how PBC is falling apart or something like that. In fact, Colbert, known as Little B-Hop, eventually signs with Al Heyman. And we see him going through the professional ranks, uh, making his professional debut. And he looks phenomenal. He really does. But if there's one person who I think looks good throughout the the whole documentary that is cam f awesome and i remember when i watched the trailer for this documentary before it came out i i heard his name and i thought you're calling yourself cam f awesome oh come on i mean what what's your what's your real last name but uh it turns out that that is his real last name <laughs> he had it legally changed to awesome which you know, on one hand, it makes you say, what? You changed it to awesome? Really? But then again, at least he actually did change his name. It's not like he says, yeah, I'm Cam F. Awesome. And then you find out that, I don't know, his real last name is Asphalt or something like that. I mean, come on. It, it would have it been pretty ridiculous if it was something like that. I, I actually admire that he changed his last name to awesome. But he, he's a... A very easygoing guy. 
he's got over 300 amateur victories, and you get to see those victories and even a few defeats throughout the course of this film. Not more victories than there are defeats, but there is one instance. Uh, there's one tournament that he loses, and afterwards, you, you can't help but feel bad for him. You, you feel his frustration, and you, you can't help but sympathize with the character and understand what he's going through because he really wants to win. He wants to go to the Olympics in 2016. But when he's out of the ring, when he's talking to people, he also seems like he's also the coolest guy in the world. Well, maybe not the coolest guy, but maybe the most awesome guy in the world. You guys know anybody fighting? Oh, we do now. So I'm your favorite fighter here? Uh, Pablo, but he it was lost. Pablo. Well, I'm your favorite fighter left in the tournament. But you're... My favorite fighter left in the tournament. I'll take that. Okay. I'll take that. I'll take that ten times out of ten. What are your names? Nancy and Jim. What's Nancy? your name? Nice to meet you. I'm Cam. Cam. Oh, oh you're you. Cam? I punched you. Yes. Yeah. yes, yes, yes. I got a question for you. Yes, sir. Is your last name really? No, it isn't. You it changed is. I, oh, it. Oh, I did. I did change it, but I took the legal procedures. <laughs> and it's on my passport, credit cards, my license. <laughs> because why not, right? And that's that's just a conversation he has with two people walking on the streets of Reno, I believe it was. And he just seems like a genuinely nice guy. It's a great... It, it, if anything, he comes out of this documentary looking the best. But uh, I, th I think this documentary is really, really worth checking out. If you have Netflix, this is a Netflix exclusive documentary, so you don't have to worry about this disappearing after a few months. It's going to be there forever. Watch it, and I hope that we can get more boxing documentaries of this quality on Netflix. I, I think it uh, gives us great insight into the longtime amateur, the amateur star who's making his way through the professional ranks and the belt holder who's trying to make a name for himself in the sport even when he doesn't have his title it's a great documentary can't recommend it enough check it out on netflix we hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the boxing for free podcast you can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com that's boxing the number four free.com Twitter.com slash boxing for free. Be like Arislandi Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Miller Adzizic, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to youtube.com slash boxing for free and like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash boxing for free page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time. You are stupid! Go and sit down! <laughs>